Support for Kansas City Today comes from Grandma's Office Catering, delivering made-from-scratch hot meals and individual boxed lunches for fast distribution to offices, warehouses, and factories, even on nights and weekends. Details are at grandmascatering.com. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia-Dean. Today is Wednesday, June 21st. Coming up, a Kansas City high school will become the first in the city to start teaching the Cherokee language this fall. You need to start teaching about, you know, us as contemporary people because the majority of curriculum stops at Indian Wars. Like, we are erased from the face of the planet at that point, and we're still here. We'll hear how the school is helping promote a language that only has about 2,000 native speakers. But first, some headlines. Kansas Citians re-elected Mayor Quinton Lucas to a second term yesterday. KCUR's Salisa Kalakal reports they chose new city council members as well. Turnout was lackluster across the metro. Precincts south of the river in Kansas City reported 13 percent turnout, slightly lower than the April primaries. Lucas beat perennial candidate Clay Chastain 80 percent to 19 percent. Five city council incumbents, Kevin O'Neill, Andrea Boo, Eric Bunch, Melissa Robinson, Raina Park Shaw, won their re-election bid. The only incumbent to lose their race was Brandon Ellington, who lost his third district seat to newcomer Melissa Patterson-Hasley. The new council will welcome a majority of new faces. In a win for KC Tenants Power, the political organizing arm to KC Tenants, Jonathan Duncan beat former Jackson County legislator Dan Tarwater for the sixth in-district seat by nearly 1,600 votes. The group's other candidate, Janae Manley, however, lost to Lindsey French for the second at-large seat by 1,300 votes. Crispin Rea beat Justin Short for the fourth at-large seat, which represents much of Midtown and downtown Kansas. Kansas City. Rhea is the first Latino elected to the city council in 30 years. In the first in-district race, Nathan Willett beat Chris Gahagan, and in the fifth at-large seat, Daryl Curls beat Michael Kelly. West Rogers, who ran unopposed, will represent the second district. The new city council will be sworn in this August. Kansas will not immediately enforce a controversial new abortion law set to take effect July 1st. Rose Conlin of the Kansas News Service reports that's due to an agreement between Republican Attorney General Chris Kobach and abortion providers. The deal means Kansas abortion providers will not have to give patients medically disputed information about the supposed reversibility of abortion pills until a court decides whether or not to block the law. It's one of several abortion restrictions being challenged by providers in a new lawsuit. Alice Wong at the Center for Reproductive Rights says it violates providers' right to free speech. It essentially wedges the state's ideological, paternalistic messages into the patient-provider relationship. Lawmakers overrode the governor's veto to pass the law, saying women have a right to know all of their options. A Missouri judge has sided with State Auditor Scott Fitzpatrick in a dispute over the potential cost of ballot items expanding abortion access in Missouri. Jason Rosenbaum reports the legal battle pitted Fitzpatrick against Missouri Attorney General Andrew Bailey. Earlier this year, a group submitted a number of initiative petitions that would have expanded the right to an abortion in Missouri. Fitzpatrick wrote up fiscal notes that signaled that the proposals wouldn't have much financial impact on the state. But Bailey refused to approve Fitzpatrick's analysis, contending that the impact would be in the billions of dollars. 
Cole County Judge John Beatham ruled that Bailey has no authority to, quote, substitute his own judgment regarding the estimated cost of a ballot initiative. Beatham gave Bailey 24 hours to approve Fitzpatrick's fiscal note on the abortion initiatives. A spokeswoman for Bailey said the attorney general's office would appeal. The issue must be decided before anything can appear on the ballot. Kansas City issued its eighth alert of the season for unhealthy levels of smog across the metro yesterday. KCUR's Noah Taborda reports. The ozone season began March 1st. Since then, the Mid-America Regional Council has sent out eight orange ozone alerts, which indicate unhealthy conditions for those sensitive to pollution. In the past week, four days carried orange warnings, two days had moderate quality levels, and only one day had good air quality. On days with alerts, active children and adults and people with respiratory or heart problems should limit time outdoors. Pollution can cause wheezing, coughing, and difficulty breathing. We'll be back after this. A Kansas City high school will become the first public school in the area to teach classes in the Cherokee language this fall. KCUR's Jody Fortino spoke to the people who put the program together. She told me the school sees the program as an opportunity to promote indigenous culture and fight racism. So how did this program come about? So this program came about because, in a way, Carol Cadu Blackwood, who is on the Lawrence Public Schools Board, wanted to get more indigenous languages in schools in Kansas. So she kind of went around and started gauging interest. And a lot of schools were either not interested or just thought it cost too much. So she kind of serendipitously met people from the KCPS school district, and it turns out they were really on board. Why was the school interested? The school district said they were interested, well, some of them had a personal connection. The vice principal at East High School has Native ancestry and saw the importance of preserving a language that is endangered. And the school district as a whole really promotes learning about identity and different cultures in its language programs and sees it as a way to address systematic racism, which is what they say is not teaching indigenous languages. And this is the way to combat that. So how will the class be taught? The class will be taught in part with an in-person teacher. Her name is Tanya Fuller, who is a social studies teacher at East High School. So she's going to be giving the in-person history and context surrounding the language. And the actual language will actually be taught from the Cherokee Nation. They're going to, the students are going to watch virtual videos provided by a teacher from the Cherokee Nation, walking them through the language, and the teacher will be able to listen along with them. So Tanya Fuller says that she's really excited to be able to teach this language, but she also feels the weight of the responsibility. I just really don't want to mess it up. That was like my own fear, my own nervousness that I would mess it up. But I felt so honored to be able to help continue something that could be lost. And I didn't want it to be lost. So how many people speak Cherokee now? So there's about an estimated 2,000 first language Cherokee speakers out there. Most of those people are actually above the age of 70, so around retirement age. So they're not there to be able to hop in the classroom five times a week and teach high school students. And one of the reasons the language was actually chosen, the Cherokee language that is, is because the Cherokee Nation is actually the most populous tribe in the Kansas City area. And Galen Krauser, she's executive director of the KC Indian Center, says students need to learn about who indigenous people are now. 
you need to start teaching about, you know, us as contemporary people because the majority of curriculum stops at Indian Wars. Like we are erased from the face of the planet at that point. And we're still here. So we need people to grow up being educated about who we are today and about the languages that have survived. So how widely are Cherokee and other native languages taught in Kansas and Missouri? So the group of people that I talked to from the KC Indian Center and from the people at KCPS who work in world languages say they're not really aware of any other public schools who actually teach the Cherokee language or any other indigenous language for that matter. I looked on the Kansas side and it looks like KU does teach some indigenous languages, especially from Central and South America. Haskell University actually does teach Cherokee from what I looked at their course catalog in 2018. They had three courses in it, Um, but those are both universities. So at a high school or lower level, there's not a lot of options. So in your story on the KCUR website, you use the written form of Cherokee in your quotes, and you didn't transliterate them into the Latin alphabet that we use in English. So can you tell me why you decided to do that? I don't think I've seen that in a story before. Yes, it was actually really hard for me to find a precedent. You know, I come home from doing this story. I talked to them because they did say some phrases in Cherokee. And I asked them, you know, what would be the best way for me to translate that at home? And they were like, oh, you can go on the Cherokee website. They've got a language section, which you can type words in and it'll give it back to you. And it gave it back both in the phonetic, like you said, Latin alphabet and also in the Cherokee syllabic script. And I also was kind of in that conundrum about which one to use, and I sent out some texts to them while I was working on it, but I think my immediate instinct was to go with the written script, since this was the written story, and it just felt right. And what I did hear back from them, and you know, I guess my instinct was right, is that they felt like it was a historical moment to see the script written in a document, I think, because we don't see it all that often. Well, thanks, Jody. Thanks, Nomeen. That was KCUR's Jody Fortino. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia-Dean. This podcast is produced by Paris Norvell and KCUR Studios and edited by Lisa Rodriguez and Gabe Rosenberg. You can read Salisa's coverage of the election results and Jody's story on Cherokee language classes at kcur.org, where you can find more local news from Kansas City's NPR station. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you soon.